Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad. 6.30 Chad and the Edmonton Oilers Hockey Club present the show that is everything Oilers. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office Equipment Solutions North America wide. Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A on Oilers Radio. 6.30 Chad. Hour number two of Oilers Now, 105 in Edmonton. Bob Stoffer, Mark Spector with you live at Rogers Place. It's 105 in Edmonton. Oilers Now is brought to you by our title sponsor, Digitex. Hugh Porter, like many of you, a big Oilers fan. I think Glenn Anderson and Grant Fuhrer were his two favorite players back in the day. At Digitex, don't spend your valuable time meeting with door-to-door sales reps. Your all-in-one convenient location is Digitex.ca, Alberta's number one owned and operated place to buy office technology and software. You can reach us on the River Curry Resort and Casino Hotline, 780-496-0063. You can text us on our Ashley Fine Floors text line at 780-496-0063. Ashley Fine Floors, more for your floor. We're on Twitter, at Oilers Now. You can tweet me personally, Bob underscore Stoffer. Tweet Brendan, at Brendan Escott. Tweet Mark Spector, at Sportsnet Spec. Want to tell you to uh, head on down. Uh, you know what? We'll we'll hook that up a little bit later on on today's show. Uh, we got Spec here live in studios. Mark Spector's appearances brought to you by Horse Racing Alberta, presenting live standard red racing Fridays and Saturdays at Century Mile, post time 7.15. And guests on this show receive gift certificates to Japanese Village Steak and Seafood Cooked right at your table. Visit their Edmonton South, Downtown, Northside, and Sherwood Park locations. All right, Mark. Uh, at some point, we'll get to the texters on our Ashley Fine Floors text line. Yes. Um, hmm. Yeah. That's. Uh, let's do this. Um, I want to. Uh, I want to hit on. Uh, we got a tweet here that you got sent yours and my way about the the perception on. Um, the perception about Edmonton's depth scoring. He go uh, the 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 tweet came in. I'm just trying to think of how long ago. A, a guy uh, Gary B tweeted uh, myself and David Staples and Jason uh, Gregor and TSN and uh, Sportsnet everybody. The orders. Uh, this was a couple days ago. Have 56 goals outside of McDavid and Drysaddle. Bruins have 57 without Marchand and Pasternak. Yet no one ever throws a fit over Boston's lack of production uh, depth scoring. Mm-hmm. We've actually looked at the numbers. He, the, the the genesis of what he's saying is correct. Um, the Bruins have scored 99 goals this year. 
Pasternak's got 20, 50, uh, 25, and Marchand's got 18. So that means they've got 50, take away their top two players. They've got yes. 56 goals. The Oilers have scored 91 goals. Connor's got 19. Leon's got 18. So that's 37. So the Bruins got 56 goals from uh, their players, not including the, uh, their top two guys. Okay. And the Oilers have 54 goals, not including their top two guys. Right. The uh, Bruins have played two less games. Two but. fewer games. So Boston, I, I think Boston's got marginally more depth than their, uh, their lineup. Like Jake DeBrusk is starting to heat they up. They have more depth in their lineup. They, have, more de- they, they have, have more productive but, bottom but, six. But, but the, t- the tweet does bring up a valid yeah, point. Yeah, that's fair. That's and fair. we've started to see, like, there wasn't a lot of secondary scoring in October. We did see some. I mean, uh, did Kara get all five of his goals in the month of November? I think that uh, Grandland got all three of his goals on a road trip. Archibald got yep. one the other night. Like, they're starting to create and, and, and get some offensive production from some other spots. Sure. and I mean, that's where you have a good team. If, if this power play runs, you know, either A, you don't get a lot of production five on five. The power play wins you a game like it did in that back-to-back, the second game in Vancouver. Or B, you get the... The one goal you need from your, you know, I always say if you get a bottom six goal every night, like you're going to, you know, all the odd time the defense kicks one in. Now that's two goals scored by your defense to your bottom six. Odds are you win that game every time. Right. So that's, I mean, I'll say right now, Boston to me, I mean, Boston was in the Stanley Cup final last year. They're Boston's a, a better team. Boston's a, a top four team for they me right now. Have been for a long time. Right. Um, that said, I mean Edmonton's a, a couple pieces away. I don't think that's lost on Ken Holland, but the the the, the tweet makes a, a good point. Like to date so far, Edmonton's lack of scoring production from further. There's Boston, a really good team. They're top heavy with their scoring as yep, well. They are, and that's a point that was reiterated to me by a couple guys that were former winners that we've seen come in town here over the last couple of weeks. Just like Bob, if your big dogs aren't going, you don't win. Yeah, like on so they're going, and people are complaining about that. Like, come on. <laughs> You know what? Hey, all I know is you're picking apart a first-place team. You know, I, I'm sort of a results guy. It's like we were just talking about Tippett and his goalies. Like, just they're in first place. They're winning their games. They haven't had a more than a two-game losing streak all season long. Uh, they're getting goaltending. They're defending, right? They're keeping the puck out of their net. Their goals against is very respectable. They're excellent on the on the penalty kill. Okay. Uh, and their big dogs are mowing them down the rest of the way. So what's wrong with what's going on? To the Ashley Fine Floors text line, Bob, the Bruins secondary scoring isn't really an issue when they have recent cup wins and are a perennial playoff favorite, irrelevant when the team's winning. They won the cup in 2011. They're a different team now. They're not that big, heavy, bruising, tough team they were No, back. they've evolved nicely. Yes. Bob, Edmonton's numbers are skewed because James Neal's a lot of points in the power play with McDavid. Well, he does have 10 power play goals. Uh, but you know what? The, the fact of the matter is, special teams are important. Well, what's, yeah. Walt, you think? Yes, <laughs> they're important. Bob, what do you think the chances are, uh, this comes to us from Wally, uh, what do you think the chances are of Ethan Bear getting a look at the Calder? Oilers have been shafted a lot on the wards in the past, uh, Nugent Hopkins versus Landis Skog, McDavid versus Panarin, every, every lady for the Lady Bing, Talbot for the Vesna, and the Jack Adams for McClellan, to name a few. What are your thoughts? I, 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 I Look, I think Ethan Bear is a wonderful story. There is no chance he gets Calder consideration. You know why? Because Kale McCarr and Quinn Hughes, Quinn Hughes are both like twenty-three plus points this year. Yeah, McCarr the, is better than a point per game right now. Yeah, and the lone forward that that this w- I will predict for you that this is a year the, the defenseman wins. Yeah, I'll go with that too. Wins the Calder. Day. 
McCarr's uh, winning it. McCarr's probably going to win it. And, you know, Quinn Hughes is a really good player, too. Like, uh, this isn't denigrating Ethan Bear. It's been a wonderful story. He's a good player, and he's going to play for you now for a long time. Like, he's not going back. He's a good NHL defenseman. But you wouldn't trade, you couldn't trade him straight across for Quinn Hughes. Quinn Hughes is a higher pedigree player. That's just a simple fact. I'm not, I don't want to say anything bad about Ethan Bear here. I repeat that. But you're not trading Ethan Bear for, for Kale McCarr or Quinn Hughes. It's just not going to happen. Carson has texted the show to say, Bob, you never mentioned uh, Vlad Nemenstikov in Ottawa as a potential UFA. Uh, okay. He's out there. To me, he'd be a guy that you would wait right till the end on, and if you needed a little bit more help on the wing, you'd go get him. I'm not super excited on Nemenstikov, and I think he's had a decent start since going from the Rangers to Ottawa, but I am—I don't know about you, Spec. I, like, we're, we're talking Pajot, who is as good a third-line center as there is in the NHL. We're talking Hall, who's he's won a hard trophy. It's remarkable, Mark, how many texts I get from, like, I'd say 80% of the, the texters yes. are on board with, you know, you know, hey, if the Oilers could get in Taylor Hall, that'd be great. There's still that 20% that seem to know everything that happens with this hockey team in the room, even though they're not in the room. Yes. You, you, you know what I mean? Those sort of yes. texts that we get. Um, it's remarkable. But uh, what's how's Nemenstikov? He, he was banged up a bit, but how's he doing in Ottawa? Well, he's got six goals and 12 points. He's a minus two in uh, he's playing 60 minutes a game. 16 minutes a game. He's played 24 games. He's got 12 points, so he's all right. So he's a middle six winger. Yeah, they but, list him here as a center. I don't know what side he plays. I don't know the player that well. Yeah. So... I think what happens is, you know, and this is what guys like Ken Holland are paid for. Uh, as the trading deadline approaches, they will scour the lineups of all the teams that aren't going to make it, right? And then that's where you go get at the deadline. Let's face it, if especially if the player's a UFA or if there's a feeling that they don't want to resign him or something like that, you can find a real good bargain player at the right price for a cheap price for a fourth or fifth. You can do that at the deadline, and that's exactly what Hall will be doing. Yeah, absolutely. All right, it's one thirteen in Edmonton. Uh, this te- oh, we got one more for you, Mark. Bob, you know the refing was bad last game when Mark Spector tweets about it. Mark, uh, what did I tweet about it? Did you, did you tweet something about the refs last game? All oh, the sequencing on the yeah the when McDavid got uh, impeded in the neutral zone and got that penalty yeah you knew all hell was going to break loose in Oiler Nation he and, got you know, he got cross checked and hooked up the ice first cross checked yeah. by uh, Peterson pushed up pushed and, by Peterson and, not then he, and then he got interfered with on the hook uh, then he went in and it, it was a penalty uh, that he was involved with but you didn't it see it was a penalty he after the period was over you wouldn't have seen this on the TV he went over uh, to Frederick Lacaille okay and he just waved him off. The ref waved him off. Yeah. Didn't but want the, to hear about but it. But then he engaged in conversation in the third period Okay, with uh, Darnell Nurse on, on a sequence of plays. So, uh, now, I have a different theory. So, we've talked about it that, you know, hey, Connor's tough to officiate because he's so good at stuff to be at that speed. I had somebody say to me in the last 24 hours, Bob, the officials watch Connor McDavid. They don't ref Connor McDavid. They, mm. too, are caught watching how good this guy is. I don't know about that. Pretty prominent guy said it to me, so yeah, maybe. But nice guy, nice fellow. Everybody watches him. Like the, I've talked to referees who go, "Oh man, being on the ice with this guy, it's unbelievable. What a yeah. player he is, how fast he is okay. when he goes by you." Sure, but I think they're probably trying to do their job. I responded to the text. I gave it a minute. 
that's it. I want to move on. I don't okay. want to make this Ref 101 because... That's fair. Unfortunately, we have to talk about a more difficult topic when we return uh, because there's some challenges in hockey right now. This is Oilers Now. Hi, this is Ryan Nugent Hopkins from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 630 Chet. All right, welcome back, everybody. It is 118 in Edmonton. Spec, you can help us out with this one. It is time for the Oilers Now Injury Report. It's brought to you by James H. Brown Injury Lawyers. When accidents happen, uh, go to jameshbrown.com. Trent Brown is our point guy uh, with James H. Brown. Trent Brown. I would I would assert to you he might have been the best football player the U of A's produced out of the last 25 years. Yeah, there you go. Maybe, well, good are we talking CFL 30? Career? We're talking 30 years Oh, yeah, because I covered him when he played for the Golden Bears. And he and that was, would have been in the mid-'80s, my friend. Late-'80s. Late nineteen eighties. Uh, late ninety. Okay. Yeah, mid to late eighties. Uh, hey, Spec. He could. I mean, he he was a ret- unbelievable return guy. Yeah. He played corner in the uh, CIA. What was then known as the CIAU. Yes. And sometimes played on offense. He was like the Deion Sanders. Yeah. No, he was really fast. Right. right and, he's really fast. And obviously, too. had a great career as a CFL safety. Yeah. yeah. Great guy. All right, uh, Mr. Escott, bring it. What do you got for the injury report for James H. Brown? All right, well, what we know today, as far as news goes, 2017 second overall pick, Nolan Patrick says he expects to play this year despite spending all of this season sidelined with a migraine condition. He did practice this morning in a non-contact jersey. The Penguins lost forward Patrick Hornquist long-term. He's got a lower body injury, and Tyler Grayevac landed on the IR for the Canucks. With a lower body injury, he suffered against the Oilers. He is out indefinitely. You guys are sitting at the rink. I'll let you take over for any Oilers updates. We will tell you. Uh, Jack Michaels has tweeted out that uh, the Oilers will not have Ryan Nugent Hopkins, nor Zach Cassian, nor Matt Benning uh, in the lineup tomorrow night against Ottawa. And also, uh, Mike Smith looks as though he'll be slated to back up uh, Miko Koskinen, who's going to start. So it looks like Stuart Skinner will be going back to the AHL. Yeah, Smith practiced quite extensively today. Yes. He did not look like an injured player to me. So, Mark, this has been a challenging three weeks in hockey. Uh, the latest news, now the Chicago Blackhawks doing an investigation, uh, perhaps with the NHL, in in relation on Mark Crawford. Crawford's going to be away from the team. They brought Crawford in as an experienced uh, coach to work with Jeremy Colleton. Obviously, what happened last week with Bill Peters. Uh, stuff coming out on Mike Babcock. Um, Don't forget Don Cherry. And Don Cherry. I thought Cherry was an icon in this game that went down yes. before all of this started. Yes, and Don has made a lot of comments, historically speaking, that were, you know... It just went from Don Cherry was okay for 40 years, and then he wasn't okay anymore. And and now it, I think it extrapolates. A lot of things in hockey that we're looking at that meant it, people might have thought were okay, they're not anymore. See, and I, I think, okay, and a lot of the stuff... I mean, Don made the comment that he did, and uh, it reinforces just make... You know, there, there could have been a positive way to have said the thing about the poppies. Right. Like, you know what? I think everybody should wear poppies to support the history and uh, what it what it means for this country. Yeah. Right? I, you know, it's my belief everybody should wear poppies. But that's your personal choice. Yeah, but you, you just have to say it better. Right. We can yeah. all believe that. I think we all believe that. Sure. But you just have to but, be able to say it But if you don't want to, you don't want to. Right? That's that, there you go. Right? So, uh, anyways, uh, Don had made a lot of comments historically that were... You know, from a hockey uh, perspective, I mean, he'd moved sort of more into, you know, he wasn't necessarily giving you the most 
earth-shattering hockey takes in the world, but we all know that there's some hard-nosed Swedish players out there and some yeah. uh, excellent... Uh, Anatoly Semenov was a, t- a terrific uh, team-first uh, Russian player. And, yes. And, and there's some Canadian guys that were, frankly, you know, dogs that were career underachievers. And never, right? So... But Don did stick up for, you know, Canada a lot over the years. Uh, in the case of Mike Babcock, I didn't – the story on uh, that, that's out there with Mitch Marner, I'm stunned that he would actually do something like that. Yeah, that was just bad form. That was bad form. Uh, the stuff that's come out now on Franson and Chris Chelios. And by the way, Chelios had two sets of events merged into one. that yeah. were actually several years, years apart. apart. Yes. So – People got it, and there was a really well-written piece by Helene St. James. Yep. Um, so let me ask you this. Is there a difference between being hard on players as long as you're not personal? Yeah, I think it starts there, Bob. It starts there. I mean, it's, first of all, can't be physical. There's no physical anymore. Sure. No kicking, punching, pushing, shoving. That stuff's gone. Right. No second chance. It's over. But to your question, uh, yes, it, it, there's no need for it to be personal, right? There's, right. You know, Claire Drake used to say that the way you, what you're trying to do as a coach is to get a player to a place where he can't get himself. That was a Claire Drake thing that he passed down to many, including Ken Hitchcock. And, and it's about the coach seeing more in a player than a player is getting out of himself. And so let's extrapolate on that, Bob. Now you take that player and you have to get him out of his comfort zone, right? Because he's comfortable being a certain level of player. You see more in him. So you've got to get him out of his comfort zone. And he's got to want. He's got to find a way to play better. Well, let's define getting a player out of his comfort zone now. You know, how in fact, and, and remember, you got 23 guys at 23 comfort zones and 23 different levels of, of guys who some look in the mirror, some don't. Some react to a certain method of coaching. Others don't. What's the one thing Claire did not do, though? He didn't break people down and no, build them up. he did not break people down and build them up. He did not believe in that. Claire got you there by teaching. He was like the, you know, we've all had a teacher in school, even those of us who didn't weren't very great students, who you really identified with. There's always a teacher that you go, you know what? This guy makes me want to learn. Right? Everyone at some point in their life, I hope, had a teacher that made you want to learn. And that's what Claire Drake was. I actually believe, in spite of what's come out, my personal perception over the last several years around the league in traveling is that there is a different tone that's being deployed. Uh, and the guy, put it this way, if the guys out there that were hard asses and personal, they had no chance to succeed today. It doesn't work because you we... You better have changed. Yeah, you've got, the game's you've got to evolve. You I think we're watching right here with a guy who's got a great tone with yep. his team and a great feel with his team. And it's, uh, there There has, because it's not like he lets them run amok and do whatever they want. When they have horrible performances, they get it. Like, you know what I mean? He came out after the game against San Jose, Dave Tippett, and was critical of the team. Now, you and me know damn well, he spoke to the team before he said anything to the media that night and said, gentlemen, this is not acceptable. This is not who we are. we got to be better. Mm-hmm. And then the performance in L.A., which has been a tough place for Edmonton to play. Yeah, they didn't play well. They didn't play well, right? But right. he's got a good because he doesn't get too high when they win. That's no, the other, by that, no means. That's that's the other part. And he of does it. not take uh, what was the game the other day where I felt like there was a lot of excuses. The lot the Denver game, 
yeah. you know, end of the long road trip. They played real well. They had a couple injuries. The, the officiating was a officiating little, was a little goofy, and Colorado beat him up. And he did not, nor did his players. No excuses, I think. Except any excuses. I thought that they might lean on a few things. They didn't lean on any things. Back-to-back, yeah. back, all that stuff. Not so I do back. think you can you can have standards, but you can't ever be personal. Yeah, right. And that's what defines okay. good people. Is sure. You know what? If you And, and the other thing is you also have to recognize your own fallibility in life. Yeah, sure. Right? So the coaches, the players aren't perfect, nor is the coach. But it's, it is difficult because, first of all, like not all players are McDavid and not all coaches are, you know, at the level of experience that a Dave Tippett's at. Tipp's tried a lot of stuff over the many, many years. I'll bet you a bunch of it hasn't worked, and he threw it away. But he kept the stuff that worked, and it's just like anyone. And now you grow the, met, the, the, the successful methods, you grow them. Uh, when you're a young coach that doesn't have as much experience, you got to try some stuff. You know, you can't try punching a player in the head anymore. I think we'll agree on that. But just like a, a guy at the shootout, you try a move. It doesn't work. You throw that move away. Well, so you got to yeah. give a coach the ability to try new things. But you do agree with me because, I mean, I look, I travel the team year-round. I'm in every building during the year. I sense over the last – like, to me, John Tortorella has a different tone today than he had five or six years ago. Yeah, sure. You know, I, I think we are seeing – Babcock, different animal. Like he was, he was a, a hard ass, and he stayed with it. And there is a lot of venom being directed his way, and uh, there's a lot of anger. And and it's 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 interesting to watch. But the Babcock situation, like Bill Peters, you can't do what Bill Peters did. That's end of no, discussion. That's say over. What said. Can't, can't say it. It's done. Yeah. But in terms of can you be can you be hard and challenge people to improve? It's as long as you're not personal. Well, it's really a tough place to be right now right. as a head coach, as a hockey coach, because you do. You know, the great all the great coaches had an element of being hard asses. You know, we Scotty all, Bowman Scotty played Bowman. mind games all the time. You know, I heard a story about Scotty Bowman that that when he was coaching Detroit, that a lot of the players what did they when he retired, a lot of the players said, "Oh, thank goodness." You know, it's playing for Scotty. I mean, it's a chore, and he's so hard on us. And and then who would have the next coach been? Uh, Dave Lewis, I believe, came in behind him. And it was a disaster. Well, and uh, the story that I heard was after uh, some period of time, whether it was a season or half a season, the players began to realize, you know what? Dave Lewis isn't hard enough on us. <laughs> He's not getting out of this team what we need to get to win, yeah. right? And it didn't work at all for Dave Lewis. Because he was kind of the good cop to Scotty's bad cop, and you know, we're in a league, Bob. We're all the, the, we're bad cops who won a lot of cups. So I get it. You can only be so bad now. But if you just say it's we're only taking good cops, I don't know. Yeah, it's, it's a an, big turn. It's an interesting time. But you said something earlier. The 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 best people drive the hardest themselves and want the most of themselves and ask themselves each and every day. How can I get sure. better? And so they're perhaps the most open to criticism. That's but you got a twenty-three man roster. How many of those guys do you get out of twenty-three? Fair comment. <laughs> Fair comment. And what do you do with the other eighteen? We should have started this conversation earlier. We gotta <laughs> we gotta get going. We've got Jay Woodcroft with an update on the farm. Mark, thank you for coming by. Thanks, Bobby. Mark Spector for the horses and horse racing Alberta Live Racing Century Mile. Fridays and Saturdays at seven fifteen. Off to a global news weather traffic update, Eileen Bell. Oilers now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon. On Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.